Good afternoon, everyone. That kind of uh, introduction, Pastor, I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I'm still uh, learning like all of us today. We are still learning about the Word of God. Every day we are learning. And uh, before I start, I would like to greet everyone a happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all. And thank God for this time that though we are restricted, we could not do what we are doing last Sunday, but still we thank God because we are here today to listen to his word. When Pastor Ruel approached me or told me that I'm going to preach on the 8th or 9th of May, I just say yes. I just look at the calendar and I say yes. Then the next Sunday, I realized that, oh no, it's a Mother's Day. How am I going to preach this topic when I myself, I didn't give birth biologically? How am I going to know that kind of feeling a mother has. But the Lord reminded me that Mother's Day is the celebration of our mothers. All of us has mother. Only Adam and Eve does not have a mother. So today we are celebrating motherhood. We are celebrating this unique calling of God to women. And today we are looking for a Bible character that is not uh, new to us. We continue to hear about the life of Hannah. But before I proceed, I would like to share with you the thoughts that I have because before I am pre preparing this sermon, I am kind of intrigued when was this uh, Mother's Day celebration was started? Who originated this Mother's Day celebration? And I found out from Google that Anna Jarvis of Philadelphia, USA, started Mother's Day celebration to honor her mother who had organized women's groups to promote friendship and help. On May 12, 1907, Anna held a memorial service at her mother's church in Grafton, West Virginia. So if you decide to know more about this uh, woman who had started this, you can search and look for her in, at Google. But today we are going to look at this particular character, the person of Hannah, that she is unique in every way. She is unique, a woman that, is, that has been called by God to be a mother of the one who will anoint the first two kings of Israel. So I entitled this sermon, A Mother's Godly Virtue. Because in Hannah's life, she demonstrated or she has displayed these virtues that every one of us, not only women, not only mothers, but all of us, whatever gender or whatever age group we are, we can learn from these virtues that Hannah has. So may I invite everyone, though we cannot read aloud, we will read from uh, First Samuel, please rise up with me and let us read from First Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 20. 
There was a certain man in Raphatim Sufim, in the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, son of Eluhu, Elihu, son of Tuhu, and son of Soph, an Ephratite. He had two wives, the name of one is Hannah, and the other, Penena. Penena had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiluh, where the two sons of Eli, Hupni and Pinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penena, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. However, therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose, and Eli the priest was sitting on the side of the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord, wept bitterly, and she bowed and bowed and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look at the affliction of your servant, and remember me, and not forget your servant. You will give to your servant a son. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. No razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Bless the reading of his word and let us pray. Father, we thank you for this word that we have just read. May we ask of your Holy Spirit to speak to us individually. You know each of our need, Lord. And may you minister to us through the power of your Holy Spirit. We are celebrating motherhood today, Lord. And you know each of us here right now. And may you meet our needs in accordance to your will, your purpose in our lives. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This narrative that we have just read is about the life of Hannah. And this happened during the period of the judges. The Judges is found in the Old Testament, 
And as we all know, those who have read the book of Judges, the, the book of Judges is, uh, is a cycle of Judges that has been installed by God so that the people could be led into worshiping the one true God. And at that time, when the judge that God had installed is alive, the people will willingly or they will go back to the Lord. But soon after the judge will die, they will go back to their old ways and they will worship other gods again. They will forget who is God at that time. During those periods, there is no king that rules them. No physical king. The one that ruled them should be God, but they don't acknowledge God as the ruler at the time. It is a time of turmoil. It is a time of, com of confusion, and everyone did as he saw fit. Whatever they want to do, if they want to worship other gods, they are, they're doing that way. They often forget that they have one true God that they need to worship. During this period also, the spiritual morality in Israel is very, very low. They have drifted in worshiping the one true God and they worship those pagan gods that the nation that they are in are worshiping. The relationship with God has grown cold not even warm, cold. They will only remember God when they are in deep need. And that is when God will raise up a judge to rule them. Now, Hannah lived during those times. He, she lived with his, with his husband, who has another wife. And she is a barren woman. Barren, she's not able to give birth to a son. Like what we have read, the Lord has closed her womb. If you will ask me why the Lord closed her womb, I do not know. It is God who desire, it is God's sovereignty why he acts and does such things. Because we cannot explain or we cannot even know what, why God does allow such a thing. But that's not the point here. We are looking at this woman that despite of all these things that is going through her life, she remains faithful to God. So what is barrenness? Barrenness in ancient time was the ultimate tragedy for a married woman. Since her husband's hope and dreams depended on her providing him with a son to preserve his name and inherit his estate. So if you are a married woman during that time and you are not able to have a child, it is as good as you are a cursed woman. So the society that she is living is very hostile against those women who could not have a child. So that is the life of Hannah. So as we go through the life of Hannah, and as we have read, there are virtues that she has that all of us could learn 
from that. One of those virtues that he has is that she is faithful in prayer. Many of us, when we, come, when we hear the name Hannah, the first thing that comes to our mind is that this woman is a prayerful one. And yes, indeed, she is a prayerful woman. And there are many instances, or there are a few instances in what we have read, that she is indeed faithful in prayer. In verse 10 of 1 Samuel, it says here, she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Why is she so distressed and wept bitterly? Because her rival, Pinena, continues to ridicule her, provoked her, because she has no child. And this happened year after year. And every time they are together, she will parade her children in front of Hannah. It's not just the action, I think, that she does, but the words that Penena has said. So her situation at the time is really painful. It's very, you are already hurt, yes, you still aggravate the situation by parading such a thing. It's like, I know that I am a curse because I cannot produce a son for my husband, yet you are adding insult to this injury. But you know what he did? He ran to the Lord in prayer. It says here, in distress, she prayed to the Lord. She didn't go about to her neighbor, to her BFF, to her, maybe to anyone else around her, to unload all those misery that she has. The only one whom he ran to is none other than God. Because he knows that God is the one who could understand her the best. God is the one who knows what is going on in her life. In the next sta uh, statement where she prayed fervently is in chapter verse 1, verse 15. It says, I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. This statement is an excellent description of a fervent prayer. Pouring out, honestly speaking to God of what are the things that is going on in her life. We, she don't need to follow any words to say. She don't need to say things that are supposed to be good or supposed to be vocabulary good or pleasant. But she speaks from the heart with honesty to God who is able to understand her. Hannah's prayer reveals her conscious, intimate relationship with God. She prayed to the Lord, and she prayed silently. When we pray, we don't need to pray aloud all the time. Of course, I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray aloud. But when we pray, be as honest to our God, because 
he will not rebuke us if our words are wrong. Because he looks from the heart. He knows our heart. He knows everything that is going on in our lives. So she displayed this faithfulness in prayer. And the next thing that we can say that she is a virtuous mother is she is noble in character. In the text that we have read, there are three instances that Hannah displayed this noble character. One is that by constantly being provoked and ridiculed by Hannah, it says in 1, 6 to 7, and her rival used to provoke her grievously, would you imagine, grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. It went on year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. Could you imagine, I do not know how many years that she is going through this provocation, this ridicule, that she is being grievously irritated by her rival, Penena, just because she could not have a child. And how did Hannah respond to this kind of provocation and ridicule? Did we read in the passage that we have that he come and tell him, uh, you talk so much, or did he retaliate, or did he become sarcastic to this woman who has been doing all these things to her? No, she didn't. For years, Penana ridiculed Hannah for her infertility, yet instead of responding her tormentor, she kept quiet. Hannah showed unmatched restraint with her words. She not only knew the right words to say, but also when to say nothing at all. It is one of the things that restraining our tongue is a very good, it's a very difficult thing to do. Because if you ask me, if I am the one who is being ridiculed, tormented, provoked all the time, maybe I can hold on a bit, a bit, maybe a while. But if this goes on and on for years, oh my, the Lord help me that I might not speak sarcastically as well. But for Hannah, she displayed the controlled way of speaking, and she will only speak in the right manner of speech. Same thing with us, my brothers and sisters. Our tongue is the most difficult one to control. So if we are provoked, if we are being irritated, look up to God and say, Lord, restrain my tongue. God will help us, I can tell you. He will help us, provided that he, we will choose to say or to do what God 
but told us to do. And then the next thing that shows her noble character is that the insensitive comments of Elkana. I cannot find a right term to use. There are many terms maybe, but I can only think of insensitive comments. Why is it insensitive? It says in 1 Samuel 1.8, and Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than 10 sons? Don't get me wrong, but Elkanah loved Hannah deeply. It shows here the earlier verses that we have read that every time that she gave food, she only gave portion to Penena and her children. But to Hannah, how much? Double portion, that's what she gave to Hannah. But her comments here is that she doesn't really understand the desire of Hannah to be a mother. She doesn't really know the longing of Hannah to be a mother and to have a child. So these comments that she has doesn't go well. That's why Hannah, instead of answering her, him, he goes and prays to the Lord. Sometimes, husbands who are here today, pay a compliment to your wife. Honest compliment, huh? Hindi yung compliment just to say a compliment because uh, you, you may sound like flattering. But give your comments, honest comments, loving comments to your wife. Because no matter what, we cannot really know the need of a person. And let us avoid passing comments to any one of us. Like what I said this morning, that uh, yes, I am not a mother, but in my younger days, so it means to say I'm close to senior now. <laughs> in my younger days, when I am, maybe I'm in my 30s, or late 20s, our relatives and friends, every time they see me and I go back in the Philippines, they come and say, when are you getting married? And I said, what? Is that a problem? Sometimes passing those comments is like, it's so easy for them to say, but for the person who receives it, it might not be as good as we think it is. Because with this kind of comments, it will go on and on. Okay, for example, a, husband, uh, uh, a lady or a, or a gentleman, get, uh, not married yet, they get married, the next comments that they will, they will be hearing is, when are you going to have your child? <laughs> right? And then the next thing, they have their child. What is the next thing that they will say? When are you going to have your number two? So this kind of comments is on and on and on as if there is no end to it. Because even when the child, their children has grown up, 
The next thing they will say is, when are you going to have your grandchild? <laughs> so sometimes it is so easy for us to say words, to say comments, and we are not even aware what really is the need of the person. May the Lord help us that when we say comments, we aim for the better of that person. Encouraging, lovingly saying it, and not a flattering one. Another incident that shows her noble character is when he, she is misunderstood, misjudged by Eli, the high priest. Remember, this is the high priest who has misunderstood her. It says in 1 Samuel 13, 1.13, Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk, but your wine, put your wine away from you? In this, Hannah answered Eli. But though Eli misunderstood and accused her of being drunk, Hannah demonstrated grace and humility through her words. She acknowledged Eli's position of authority. She chose to display proper respect because Eli is a high priest. So what does this sin teach us? We are to respect the authority that had placed above us. Maybe if our pastors, <laughs> Pastor Ruel, Pastor Ruel, example kita, or Pastor Ray, come and tell me this one. What? Early in the morning you are drunk? I, I, maybe I, I will not be like Hannah. Maybe I will shoot back to them and be more sarcastic. Maybe I will use the word, what are you talking about? Pastor Kapanaman, that's the way you talk to me. But Hannah displayed the kind of humility and restraint. He put a proper respect to whom it will be given. He respected their, the authority of Eli, but he also told her that she is not like that in a manner that is not sarcastic or rude. That's why I said, Hannah indeed has a noble character. That she being a mother is truly admirable to such a thing. So she is faithful in prayer. She is noble in character. And the last thing that we can see where she displayed a godly character is that she is diligent in worship. How did he show her diligence in worship? Year after year, they go 
to Shiloh. And the distance, the distance that they're going to travel from the city where they are, where they are staying, it is around, I googled this one, <laughs> 1,950 kilometers. There is no car before. They walk or maybe they ride in a camel. But her desire to go to the tabernacle where it represents the presence of God is so strong. And remember, year after year, she is with her rival, Pinena, who continuously ridiculed and provoked her. And it is so painful to see a woman who continuously to provoke you and parading her children right in front of her. But she chose to worship God in spite of her difficult circumstances. She doesn't need to go because the law requires the man to go to tabernacle. The family, if they want to go, they will go. But Hannah chose to go. It is so different from us now that when we don't feel like we are going through something, we are going through a lot of trials, we are going through a lot of pain, the first thing that comes to our mind, I don't want to go to church. I know, mga kapatid, because I go through that also. Especially if the person that is hurting me, I will see her inside the church. But to Hannah, her one aim is to worship God. And also, it proves that she is diligent in worship when in chapter 12 of chapter, chapter 2 in 1 Samuel, the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. In 113, 1 Samuel 113, it says to us that Hophni and Pinehas, the two sons of Eli, were the priests of the Lord. Could you imagine a priest being described as corrupt? And this incident is not, Hannah knew about this. But he still go to the temple or to the tabernacle because she know that in that place she will meet her God. She will be able to give God the honor that she deserves. Maybe if our, in our time now, for example, uh, pastor again, <laughs> if our, we know that our pastor is corrupt or wicked, she doesn't practice what she preach, and we know about it. Do you still feel like coming to church? No. Why should I go? We may say, why should I go there when the pastor is like that? Thank God that our pastors are not like that. But during their time, even those that serve at the altar or at the tabernacle of God, they are wicked and they are corrupt. That's how bad the spiritual condition of Israel at the time. And she is also diligent in her worship to God, as we see in chapter 1, 
27, chapter 127 and 28. She is committed to fulfill her vow. Because God granted her vow, so she is committed to fulfill that vow. It read to us, For this child I prayed, and the Lord had granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives, and he shall be lent to the Lord, so they worship the Lord there. This is her firstborn son. And in ancient Israel, firstborn son is very precious to them because it's the firstborn son. That is, she has the birthright of being the firstborn. But to Hannah, because she made a vow to God, and God answered her prayer, God answered her need. So it is always right to give back her son to the Lord. If I am a mother, I waited for that son for I don't know how long. I suffered provocation, ridicule, and distress. And to give up my son, just like that, with the care of, an, of a stranger that I don't even know, my tendency is to keep my son for myself. To offer her back to God and leave her to where she, he is at the temple of the tabernacle is such a huge sacrifice for Hannah. But for Hannah, loving God and fulfilling her vow as an act of her worship to him who meet this need is the most important thing that he will ever do. Because he knows that the God whom he called, the God whom he worshiped, is able to give whatever need she has. God honored that commitment that Hannah has. Because in chapter 2, verse 21, God blessed her with five more children. One has been replaced by five. That's how our God is. He is faithful. If we are faithful to God, he will show us that he is even more faithful. Sometimes challenges and trials that comes along our lives, it is a testing when we are going to trust God in those moments. But the life of Hannah showed to us that trusting God is the best thing we could ever do when we are under trial or when we are under distress. So Hannah, Hannah's life was a challenging one. And it is not easy, but she has not shown, he has shown that hardship, he can still be 
faithful in prayer. He can still be noble in her character. And he can still be diligent in worship. So our circumstances does not mean that we cannot show a godly virtue. All the more, with God's help, we are able to show those godly virtues as a testimony to those people that is around us. Because of Hannah's steadfast faith in God, she is able to live out his godly virtues and pass it on to her son, Samuel, who grew up to become the last judge in Israel, an outstanding and gifted prophet, the one who would anoint the first two kings of Israel. Samuel was pivotal spiritual leader who turned the nation of Israel towards Yahweh. Remember during the time of Judges that people worship other gods, but Samuel turned that around and lead the people in worshiping the one true God, the one that we are worshiping now as well. In Hannah's experience, we can see that in God's time, he will answer the prayer of a person that is in need. Mothers, I do not know what you're going through. Mothers, I do not know what is that deep desire that you have in your heart right now. You may be going through challenges because your children are very far away from you. You may be going through trials because you wanted to witness some important event in your children's life. But because of this pandemic, you are not able to do so. Mothers, you may be anxious about your sons or your daughters who are far from you. May the life of Hannah remind us that God is able to protect the people that we love. Being a mother is a challenging one. I am not a mother biologically, but God in his grace, I am paid to look after the children of my employers and I experience motherhood through them. I look after three, three boys and uh, to carry them as a baby is, I, re, I just realized during this pandemic that it is a blessing from God. I may not be able to experience giving birth, but I experience what the feeling of a mother than who he wants the best for her child. So you, my, my sisters, who are mother now, 
you always want the best for your child. Bring them to the Lord because the Lord will take good care of them. He is our helper and he will never leave us nor forsake us. So knowing that these mothers that we have now have a lot of sacrifices, what shall we do as their children? In Exodus 20, 12, it says, and there are many more Bible verses that says this one, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land and the Lord your God is giving you. Many of this in the gospel, in the epistle, that asking the children to honor their parents or the mothers. Have you ever think of sometimes something, how are you going to honor your mother? How are we going to honor our mothers knowing that they sacrifice a lot? When we are baby, they have sleepless nights. Here are some ways that we could honor our mothers. We ought to pray for them. Our mother will continue to pray for us. I do not know how many times they will continue to pray for us. But for us, we also ought to pray for them. Because we do not know what they are going through. We do not know what, what is the thing that bothers them. So we need to pray for them as well. What else? Be a good listener. I know this one, uh, I cannot... Maybe I cannot pass this one in a 100 mark, no. If my mother tend to talk so much, I, I tend to run away or hide somewhere else. As if I am not listening, I'm there, but as if I'm not listening. I am there when there is something, but actually I am somewhere else. What I say be a good listener is that when our mothers give us a sound advice, Words of wisdom, pay attention to it. If our mother commented on what we are wearing because we are showing too much skin, <laughs> please pay attention because they meant well. They do not want their daughters to be taken advantage of. That's why they are saying those. Yeah, I know it is the fashion. But we are to look at it in the perspective of a godly way. Let us not invite prying eyes. If we could cover up, then why not cover up? Show only what is meant to be shown. Yun lang po. <laughs> Ladies, listen to our mothers. They have been there. And the next thing to honor our mothers, be sensitive to their needs. Our mothers oftentimes don't express what they need. 
because they do not want their children to worry for them. But they can worry for us. They, they tend to worry more for us, but when it is our turn to supposedly worry for them, they keep it from us. Sometimes we are not even, uh, we don't even know that they are going through some pain or they are sick because they hide it from us. Sometimes a woman, especially when we are uh, at the stage of menopausal stage, we become more irritable. We become more uh, anxious. We become more, uh, there are things that we could not really express. So children, be sensitive to their need. Sometimes they just want us to be there without saying anything. Sometimes they just want our presence to be there. Sometimes they just want our hug. But are we giving those to our mothers? I know we could not give them now because they are so far away. But how about when we see them? Above all this, honoring our mothers, the last and the most important that we could do for our mothers is to love them unconditionally. Our mothers love us unconditionally. When someone else bully us, they are the first one to go and fight for the bully. They are the first to go in line because they want to protect us. Why do we need to love our mothers unconditionally? Sometimes our mothers could be very, very annoying. They keep repeating what they are saying. They say today, another time they will say it again, and then they keep on saying it again and again. And sometimes, they worry too much. They worry a lot. When we say, I'm old enough, not to, you don't have to worry about me, I'm old enough. My mother is 93 years old, and I am old enough to take care of myself. Yet, she's still worried. And her answer to me is this, you cannot stop me from worrying because you are my child. No matter how old you are, you are my child. So the bond between a mother and a child is so strong. That's why when we are irritated, when we are annoyed because of their constant nagging, remember the example of God to us, that she loved us unconditionally. God loves us unconditionally. And God is with us to help us love our mothers unconditionally. No matter what our mothers have done. He might have hurt you before. But there is always forgiveness that we could give. He might have done 
things that is not pleasant to you, but still we have to forgive. If your mother is not here now because they are with the Lord, remember those memories that you have with them. If your mother is with you right now, those who are watching at home, give your mom a hug and tell them you love them. For you here, if your mother is with you, tell them you love them. When was the last time we say we love our mother? I'm guilty because I have not said for a longest time. Remember when the baby, when, when, when the child is young, let's say at Levi's age, Pastor Levi's age, they keep saying to their mommy, mommy, I love you, I love you, I love you. But as the child grows older and older, the I love you becomes lesser and lesser. And we are, when they are even older, no I love yous anymore. Sometimes we have to say it. We have to say it, not just by doing things, but verbally, we can actually say it. So after today, before you go and do other things, call your mom and say, I love you, my mother. I love you, mom. It's difficult, especially during this time of pandemic, but God is our strength, and he will see us through. May the life of Hannah encourage us. Though trials may come our way, place your hope, place your trust into the one who could help us and who could see us through. Let us pray. Our God, our Father, thank you for reminding us that you are our Father who is able to meet all our needs. Right now, you see each one of us a mother, a child, who is longing to be with our loved ones. We are thankful that we have you in our lives. We are thankful that whatever happens, you will see us through. We are thankful that we have hope in you, that we will see our loved ones in your time. Father, as we wait for that time, Help us to live out these virtues that we have just learned. Help us to be faithful in prayer. Help us to display that character that you have been molding in us. And help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Lord. May you be blessed. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Let us all stand. Let's give the Lord our clap offering. Thank you, Sister Salve.
for the wonderful word. It's a reminder to all of us to honor our mothers. And at this time, let's just pause for a while as the music's been prayed, uh, played. Uh, we take time to pray for our mothers, anyone that uh, you are close with who have been a blessing, biological or even spiritual mothers that who have been there or nurtured you. So let's just pause and just pray for them in your own way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for the word that uh, reminded us how valuable our mothers are. At this time, we are praying for our mothers, both those who have biological give birth to us and even those spiritual mothers that have nurtured us. I pray, Lord, that you will bless them. Remind us on how they have poured out their love to each one of us. Salamat po, Panginoon, sa kanilang buhay. And I pray that you would touch our hearts. Even as we go after this service, we will pause and just message them, send them a, a word of encouragement. Kumbig our hearts, Lord, so that we may respond to the word that we have heard today. And even right now, we pray for all the mothers that's in here, Lord, in Shekinah Hall, and even those that are watching. Lord, we want to lift them up to you. We thank you for their life, and truly we are grateful for they have been a blessing to many of us. Lord, we continually ask, O oh Lord, that you will give them and grant them wisdom and then guide them, Lord, along the path, Lord. I ask, O oh Lord, that you would provide strength, encouragement, and guidance in every situation that they are in, O oh Lord. Even for those who are struggling right now, especially those who have really missed their children, missed their family, I pray that your peace, your presence will cover them, O oh God. And I pray, O oh God, that they will remember your promises, that you were, your word will be the source of hope, that they will keep them in their heart, Lord, encouraging them. At the same time, Lord, I pray that you will grant them comfort and time of, of hope in each new day. And let your love, Lord, calm their hearts and their minds. We thank you, Lord, for our mothers. They have been great influence to many of us. I pray that you'll bless them always. Kayo po kumilo sa kanilang buhay, Lord. Bless them. Hallelujah. Let's just raise a hand and receive the benediction. And above all this, put on love, which bind everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, so which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. 
And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Lord, we thank you for this day. Salamat po, Panginoon. May baon ba amen kaming salita na, 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 na pumasok sa aming mga puso. Bless this brand new week, O Lord. And may your Spirit empower us and may your Word minister to us each day. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Just turn to somebody, smile to that person. May you be seated muna po. Thank you those who have joined us in YouTube and Facebook. Uh, salamat po for joining us and I pray that you will be joining us next week. And those who are mothers, I just want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. God bless po.